You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Buddy, and welcome to this week's edition of The Insurance Deal. I am your host, Ellen Deal, and it is, as always, a pleasure to have you joining us. Our guest today is a longtime friend of mine and insurance professional, Mr. Shan Ricketts. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more about Shan um, after we talk just a moment about why we're here today. Um, I'm Ellen Deal, and I've been in the insurance industry for 20 years years and believe it or not I actually find the industry to be fun beyond belief so when the opportunity came to have a web radio show here at America's Web Radio to talk about all things insurance I said heck yes so how exciting is that I'm the most interesting person on the planet because I like insurance So that being said, you'll learn more about me in the coming weeks, and each week I hope to be able to bring to you a fabulous guest. This week, like I mentioned, our guest is Shan Ricketts, and Shan and I go all the way back to 1992, where where we worked for different insurance companies in the same building and, and got to know each other a little bit there, and then throughout our careers, our paths have crossed usually with me working at a different insurance company and calling on him wherever he worked and now shan is his own man he is an independent agent and can do anything from group health insurance whether that's large or small to annuities and investments and everything along the way but today we're going to talk a little bit about AARP and some things that are going on so Shan why don't you take a minute and tell everybody about yourself and then we'll just find a way to start folding in these questions fantastic um Ellen, it's been a long time. I didn't realize how long we had known one another, but it has been many, many years. Time flies. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's been neat seeing how our careers have uh, crossed paths over and over again. Mm-hmm. The, um, As you know, I've been very active in the Association of Health Underwriters, been a, you know, a past president of the state, past president of both South Atlanta and Atlanta, mm-hmm. been very active politically. Uh, typically, every year we go up to Washington, D.C., lobby with congressmen and senators, right. talk with them, uh, try to advise as much as we can. One thing that I've really appreciated about the Association of Health Underwriters that's been great is over the last decade, we, we really stopped telling um, – Telling the congressmen and senators what they need to do mm-hmm. and basically educating them on what each lever they pull might might do. Okay. So uh, it's brought a lot more respect, uh, and and it allows those congressmen and senators to call us and ask our opinions, as opposed to feeling like we're just another group that's trying to get them to do what we want. Mm-hmm. We're more or less telling them, you know, hey, these are the various things you can do and how they will impact uh, your constituents, whether it be the middle class, upper class, lower class. So things like consequences and, more importantly, unintended consequences. Absolutely. Because yeah. there are a lot of times where, you you know, something looks simple mm-hmm. and, and it looks like, well, if we just change this, it wouldn't do much. And mm-hmm. suddenly it impacts, you know, massive numbers of people at, at different stages, especially in the middle class. We've seen a lot of impacts on the middle class over the last several years, mm-hmm. and uh, which has brought about concerns and uh, in our ability to help stabilize the market. 
market and make coverage affordable for them again. The first unintended consequence I can remember, and it's been so long ago, I've forgotten part of it or what triggered it. But remember when insurance carriers stopped selling child-only policies? Mm -hmm. There was a regulation or legislation that went into place that said what insurance carriers could not underwrite child only policies was that what it was it was it's it was a little more broad than that but mm-hmm. basically it just gave the opportunity for the um, for the insurance companies to have to cover more than one person or to you know need to cover a family we also had some changes in the underwriting. As you know, when they went to no underwriting, mm-hmm. there's certain stipulations on, you know, what questions they could ask. Mm-hmm. And on those child-only policies, I don't know that it was legislated that they could not do child-only policies. Mm-hmm. I think what it, what the impact was is that, uh, as you know, with Affordable Care Act and, and some of the things that came along with it, the time it opened the door to where you could literally wait until your child was sick or very sick or Got very it. hurt right. and then be able to get a policy so they limited that uh, by you know changing those rules a little bit perfect example though of where an unintended consequence where they okay. were trying to make a small change that was supposed to impact very little sure. ended up losing most children's ability to be able to get a policy if their parents you know needed them to get one right so yep that's so that is great the way you're saying that you would let the legislators know how things would affect rather than trying to force down their throats what to do Mm -hmm. very good very good um what do you want folks to know about how you take care of your customers Um, I, i want people to know first of all i will tell you shan is a straight-up, dependable insurance professional. There is no funny business. There's no monkey business. It is just true what you need. I mean, Shan's the kind of guy who actually even would walk away from a sale if it wasn't going to benefit the customer. And I say that with, I mean, I would I would lay down my life. I believe that so firmly. So knowing that about Shan, um, what's your what's your favorite thing that you're selling right now? You know, it's a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, having been in the industry so long, I've been 27 years myself, about to be 28. Mm-hmm. Um, becoming my own business owner, I've been partners in a business. I've, you know, done things for years and years. I've owned several businesses where I've always had a partner, mm-hmm. and in this business, finally getting to do. What I want to do without having to run it through a committee or okay. through a boss or uh-huh. through a board. I've got a board, but they're friends and, and, and advisors that I trust. But uh, it's been really great to look at what the businesses are struggling with mm. uh, as opposed to just thinking benefits or just thinking health insurance or, you know, uh, work site and voluntary benefits or mm-hmm. ancillary products. We're actually looking more even at payroll. We're looking at 401k. We're looking at the systems not talking to one another and trying mm-hmm. to figure out how can we make those talk mm-hmm. because everybody's system that they're building and i understand why they're doing so mm-hmm. but they're building their system to try to be the only system they want their system to be the one but mm-hmm. it cannot do mm-hmm. all of those things so the payroll company wants you to only use the payroll company system right the insurance med- medical carrier wants you to only use the medical system right. a lot of agents are, are pushing now hris and other systems mm-hmm. uh, but those systems are not 
not integrated to talk to one another very often. For you HR people out there, you know what HRIS stands for. For our layman type of listeners, <laughs> will you let folks know what HRIS stands for? It's basically a, a human resources information system. It allows them to, um, you know, look up everything from legal terms to, you know, asking questions and trying to find out things about COBRA, about mm-hmm. Family Medical Leave Act, about uh, it can it can do a lot of that. But the biggest difference is a lot of systems call themselves HRIS, mm-hmm. you know, but but the best ones, you know, have the capability of, of talking with about payroll, talking about benefits, talking about all those things that tie together. So, um, you know, but it's it's great to finally be able to do more more things to help those businesses to succeed mm-hmm. and to do so in a way that um, that lowers their costs and increases their efficiency. Good. Because in the past, it, we've been kind of limited to just doing insurance. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Well, that, that sounds exciting. Um, well... Maybe we should get into talking a little bit about the the issues that that were that brought you to the show today. Um, as everybody is well aware, because the media is just nonstop spinning, spinning, spinning about the repeal and replacement of Obamacare, we thought it would be good to talk a little bit about some of the things going on with repeal and replace. And Shan is quite the expert on that. And um, let's start out with one of the the first things that that came to mind, which is um, AARP talking about the tax on the elderly. Yes, I'm really concerned because... In our generation, you know, when we were young, there were reporters, mm-hmm. and reporters reported. Yes. And now it's there. There are very few, if any, reporters. Mm-hmm. Everything is a a slant. Everything mm-hmm. is a partial quote. Is a you know half truth, and you know it really concerns me mm-hmm. because I see a lot of things being said on television. I see a lot of things being. I went to a, a political fundraiser not too long ago, and there were fifty people outside with signs chanting against the congressman because you know the recent law had passed on you know from the Republican side mm-hmm. and they were saying it took away pre-existing conditions and they were just irate that it took away pre-existing conditions except and that it didn't right it did not i mean it absolutely it specifically spelled out that they would not mm-hmm. limit the pre-existing conditions and that they would not increase the number of medical questions there were some tweaks on some other things potentially if it passed the house and the senate which they knew it would not mm-hmm. uh, but the bottom line is those people were out there chanting because they've been told by the media right Pre-existing conditions are gone. Mm-hmm. You, your wife with cancer is going to not have coverage next year. Mm-hmm. None of this is true. Well, and to show how little the average consumer knows, and I'm not picking on the consumer, I'm just saying, if you think that when repeal would say pre-existing conditions are no longer covered, what people are forgetting, and it does not say that, what people are forgetting is that if you do have coverage and your condition is covered, you are fine. And that's how it was before Correct. Obamacare. So it caused people to be more responsible about insuring themselves. Mm-hmm. When Obamacare said no more pre-existing conditions, there there weren't, I don't think, too many cases of people not having coverage and then suddenly needing it and having to wait 12 months 
to get coverage, or at least I wasn't involved in too many situations like that. So if even if it was taken away, the, the pre-existing waiver, folks who have coverage would still continue now, to be that is exactly covered. true. Yes, mm-hmm. they, would, they would be ridered in or grandfathered in, as we would call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ones that's really concerning me is, um, <clears throat> and we'll go into detail on this at some point today, but uh, I keep hearing from AARP, and I'm not picking on them. It's just a fact what they're doing, and I understand their desire to get new members. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but what bothers me about this more than anything is that they keep saying that if if the new repeal and replace, and particularly the replace part, mm-hmm. goes through, that seniors are going to have to pay five times what everyone else pays. Well, if you and I don't even fully understand what the replace model would be, or the folks that are creating it have not even created it yet, then how can anyone say that the price is going to go up, especially in the face of, I'll just go ahead and say it, all the fake news, um, mm-hmm. They're they're talking about approval ratings being low, but everybody I know approves of the job that President Trump is doing. But when they're saying that the prices are going to go up, everybody said with Obamacare, I'll just say the three <laughs> popular things. You can keep your plan. No, you cannot. Yep. You can keep your doctor. No, no you, you cannot. cannot. <laughs> and your prices are going to go down completely the opposite. Prices have In gone three. up. Exactly. So... Exactly. I, I have to believe now that whatever the is being reported from the left is the opposite of what we should believe. So I don't understand what the plan itself is. And I don't think we do. I do know what I do know where the five times comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and I would like to go into that into detail, mm-hmm. uh, but. Um, the biggest thing is I really would like for us to spend a little time today explaining to the people mm-hmm. that what caused them to say it's going to go up five times, what the law was intended to do before, mm-hmm. and how that impact allowed us to um, – the impact it had before. Great. Well, I'll tell you what. We will cover that when we come back from this break. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 
All right, everybody, brought to you live in stereo, it's the insurance deal. This week, we are talking with Shan Ricketts, who is the president and CEO of Neo Procession, Inc. He is also a longtime friend of mine and very involved in the Health Underwriter Association of Georgia. He's been a past president. You've been a past president. You've been on the board. You are almost 20 years. It's been a long time. President again? Um, <laughs> president of Atlanta this time. Okay, so mm-hmm. before you were president of the state. Well, I, I was president and founder of South Atlanta's chapter. Okay. Uh, and after being on the board for about 10 years, mm-hmm. uh, then I went through the chairs and became the state president. Mm-hmm. And then last year, uh, the Atlanta chapter needed some help. They had uh, two people on their executive committee who took new jobs and were not able to finish their terms because it was in a different industry. Mm-hmm. So they asked me to come in and help serve for a year to get the board reestablished and rebuilt. Oh, wow. Well, very yeah. good. So, yes, if you want the job done, bring in someone who knows how to do it. Um, so before we left off for the break, uh, we were talking about AARP and some of the things that they are reporting about the the future health care, the repeal and replace, which I think they ought to give it the initials AHA so they can call it AHA. And, and that would be fantastic. So... <laughs> Anyways, let's go back to talking about the uh, the elderly. There are some some fake news going on out there about a tax on the elderly. Isn't it funny when it's a tax on those of us that might not have health insurance coverage? It's called a mandate. Mm-hmm. But when they want to make it sound bad about the elderly, they're calling it a tax when really it's not a tax. What it would be, and it's not, what it would be is just higher rates. Um, I love to get out a dictionary and just go over vocabulary. There are so many things we could straighten up in the United States if people would just look in a dictionary instead of saying misogynist. Like, yeah. do, do you know what that means? I'm going to start asking people. Next time I'm somewhere and somebody starts <laughs> throwing words around, I'm going to say, can you define that, please? And then when they do define that, I'm going to pull out my phone and I'm going to say, hey, Siri, define the word misogynist, and then we'll see how close <laughs> they get. Uh, okay, and I'm going to go one more one more tirade here. You had one of the first iPhones, and I remember I was at your office and you were like, watch what the phone says when you ask this, this, and this. Do you remember the agitating question that you asked your iPhone that made it practically lose its mind? Oh, hold on. From I do. the movie. Yep. It was... Uh the Space Odyssey movie. Yes. Okay. That was the the when that day we happened to be uh, asking it to open the pod bay door That's just like right. the computer had. And if you <laughs> haven't tried that on your iPhone, you need to try that. Say it multiple times uh, and it will um it's very funny, but you, you need to try it. You have to you have to break your phone down because at mm-hmm. first it will try and act like that's nothing, but say it over ask that question again and again until finally your phone will be like it'll lose it. You can also ask it questions from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. You can ask it questions from, uh, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's very funny. You can ask it what is the meaning of life, and it will give you several different answers, including the answer in the Hitchhiker's Guide. Well, after you're done (laughs) listening to this episode of The Insurance Deal and you have an iPhone, go ahead and ask it to open the pod bay doors and see what happens. (laughs) Um, So, all right, now I digress. Back to... (laughs) 
AARP and and the tax on the elderly. All right, lay it on me, Shan. Well, here's the interesting thing. They keep saying that there's gonna that not only is it gonna be an increase, but that the seniors are gonna be paying five times what everyone else is paying, which mm-hmm. is just absolutely not true Mm -hmm. um it it is a false statement Mm -hmm. but let me go into a little detail because one of the frustrations that i have is as a person who's gone to congress and senate and talked to them on an annual basis as a person who gets calls from my congressman uh you know asking questions about you know what's going on with the various pieces of the law um and and how we can make it better i i get to understand some of the things in the terms that go on in here Bottom line, um, let's let's define our terms like you were talking about earlier. Sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> with regard to with regard to paying five times, this mm-hmm. is this is not true. Especially when, well, it's not true when they say five five times what everyone is going to pay under before Obamacare, before ACA. Mm-hmm. In every state, there was either. A spoken or an unspoken rule mm-hmm. that there was a medical ratio between the youngest, healthiest, for example, 17-year-old male who's not going to go to the doctor even if he should and his right. mom is telling him to. Right. Uh, and a 107-year-old person who's in the hospital passing away, racking up a lot of bills. Sure. Um, in every state... The ratio went from either one as low as one to five, mm-hmm. as high as one to eleven. Okay. In Georgia, it was some say one. It was one to seven. Some say it was one to eight. Mm-hmm. What this means in English is <laughs> that if a seventeen-year-old male was buying a policy before Obamacare, right, he would pay a hundred dollars. Yes. And if the exact same plan was offered to the 107-year-old mm-hmm. who was in the hospital, mm-hmm. that person would not pay in Georgia mm-hmm. more than 700 or 800. Let's just say 750 to make it nice and clean. Sure. So you had a one to seven and a half ratio. Right. The the government at that point, in their infinite wisdom, mm-hmm. said, "We want to bring this $750 price down. So what we're going to do is we're going to mandate." Mandate tax. No, that every law. that every every state and every insurance company mm-hmm. have a maximum high to low ratio mm-hmm. of one to three. Mm-hmm. Thinking mm-hmm. this hundred seven year old person's seven hundred fifty dollar rate right. is now going to come down to four hundred dollars, three hundred and seventy five dollars. Okay, so this person's going to pay a hundred, and this person's going to pay three seventy five. Right, which would work great in Utopia, mm-hmm. but when you're racking up ten thousand dollars or more a day in the hospital, right, they have to charge you a little more than three hundred seventy five dollars. Mm-hmm. So what happened was the person at seven hundred fifty may have come down to seven twenty five or seven hundred. Because they couldn't lower that person's cost very much. Right, right. Because for financial still, reasons, they're still spending purely financial. The reasons. same amount of charges and medical costs. God rest their soul. Were yes. still being racked up. So Absol- you still ab- needed absolutely. that premium. Absolutely. So you need the premium. The challenge that it created was the moment those insurance companies realized we cannot lower this lower than seven hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You had to have the one to three ratio. Mm-hmm. So the single male 17 year old who's not going to go to the doctor mm-hmm. no longer had a hundred dollar premium right. he had a 250 dollar premium exactly and that was all of his beer money his car payment and his you know so going on dates how's he going to go on a date at, and at that point the annual penalty for not having insurance was 295 dollars mm-hmm. and it was a no-brainer right it was okay i can pay three thousand dollars a year or i can pay less than 300 exactly so what happened was 
many, many, many young, healthy males, females, students pulled out of the market. Well, not only that, families that couldn't afford. Well, we'll let you get to families absolutely, in a minute. Absolutely. But my point being, it did so much damage because we needed those $100 bills mm-hmm. to offset the fact that we're only getting $700 on the person racking up mm-hmm. $100,000 in bills before they pass away. Well, I know the answer to this question, and keep going on this thought, but wasn't part of the beauty of Obamacare that all of these young people were going to come on to the plan? Yes, because they were presuming they would all stay at $100, mm-hmm. the senior's price would go down, mm-hmm. and we would all be happy, which in Utopia... That would be great. And none of the, not, I shouldn't say none, none of the healthy young people have signed up for Obamacare. Oh, well, none's a very broad word, but. That's true. I shouldn't <laughs> say none. Okay. But, uh, you but tell me, a lot someone, less. Not, not you, Shan, you, the listening audience, someone <laughs> go look up how many healthy young people came onto Obamacare. And I would love to see the statistic for all the young, healthy people who came onto Obamacare, how many of them's credit card is attached to their mother and father as opposed to that student. Because Whoops. most of the time, it's the parents who are saying, you have to have coverage and we're going to pay for it. Good point. Um, so what happened was, the one to three ratio did not work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it basically kicked out a lot of young, healthy people. Mm-hmm. What the conservatives are trying to do, from what I understand right now, mm-hmm. is they're saying, if we can just go back to the lowest rate that we had before at one to five, mm-hmm. the seniors' price should not change very much. Right. But it will allow us to take that $350 now mm-hmm. rate for a young healthy back down to $133, $150 mm-hmm. and pull in a lot of young healthy premium. Mm-hmm. So what they're trying to do is they're saying one to three didn't work because it, it pulled the young healthies out of the market. Right. If we go back to one to five, which before was the best you could possibly get in the entire country, mm-hmm. we would allow those young healthies to start coming back in and recoup a lot, a lot, a lot of premium to help pay for our senators. Right. Which brings me to the AARP question. Mm-hmm. What really well, bothered me about what they're doing is they're trying to bring in members. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to say things that make people think, oh, they're protecting me, they're defending me. Yes. But what in actuality that they're doing is by telling them to go against the 1 to 5 ratio, Mm -hmm. they are quite possibly increasing the cost for the seniors and keeping the young healthies out, which will do what what we call in the industry a death spiral. Mm -hmm. You keep having all the sick people buying the insurance, Mm -hmm. using way more than they're paying for. Right. And there's no young, healthy dollars to to help offset those costs. Right. So unintended consequence. The Absolutely. unintended consequence of changing the ratio from 10 to 1 or whatever it was down to 3 to 1 meant that the people who could afford to get out got out. The people who had to stay in because they really needed the coverage stayed in. But those were also the ones who were racking up the claims, which meant that you had less people paying into the system and the same amount of claims going out. Correct. So that was the unintended consequence. Less dollars to cover the cost of what was being spent, which meant everybody's prices were going up, not down. And the nice thing is, too, is that... uh, 
by doing this, I really do believe it's going to help stabilize the market more and more and give more money for those seniors to be able to have coverage. But a true statement would have been, mm-hmm. since 1 to 5 is only for those young, healthy children, right? and as you get into your 20s, it goes to 2 to 5, and then it goes to 3 and 4, every person as you get older is paying a little bit more. Which makes which sense. Which makes sense. Um, but but at a lot much smaller scale than they used to. Mm-hmm. But a true statement by AARP would be that if this law passes, then our members will pay five times more than their grandchild will. Okay. Because if their child is out of college, mm-hmm. then they're not going to pay five times more. They're only going to pay two and a half times more. If they're in their 30s, they're only going to pay two times more if they're in their 50s they're only going to pay you know 20 percent more you know so yes do they pay more they they could pay a little more yes Mm -hmm. but my projection is and what the projections of those who were trying to do this Mm -hmm. was that we don't see the insurance companies raising that 750 fifty dollar rate up to a thousand dollars what we see is them putting going from 750 to nine to 800 Mm -hmm. but we're able to take that $350 rate for that 17-year-old back down to an affordable level to where the parents can say, we'll pay for it or we'll require you to, and it will be a massive influx of of capital that will help offset the cost. So for the listener that that this important bit of information might have flown by, when AARP is saying that elderly people are going to be paying five times more. What Shan just enlightened us to is that an elderly person might be paying five times more than their grandchild will be paying, who is a teenager, which makes sense. So we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to say that one more time because I learned a long time ago in public speaking, tell them what you're going to tell them. Then tell them. Then tell them what you just told them. So <laughs> so prepare to have your mind blown again in just a minute. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call. And I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to this episode of The Insurance Deal. I am your host, Ellen Deal, and if you are a business owner or an HR professional out there, you are going to love the second half of today's program. If you have any questions for me about insurance of any kind whatsoever, or if you'd like to have some particular issues covered on the show, you can reach me at my email address, which is idealsolutions at gmail.com. That's 
lowercase i, and then my last name, Deal, D-I-E-H-L, solutions, at gmail.com. We're going to continue back into our show and tell you one more time what we were just talking about, but I want to give Shan an opportunity to let y'all know how to get in touch with him at all. So if you are a business owner or an HR professional and you are learning something by what Shan is telling you, listen up. He's about to give you his information. Uh, easiest two ways to get in touch with me are um, my websites, uh, www.neoprocession.com. People always ask me how to spell that, and uh, we can go into how that name came about at some point in the future. But uh, it's Neo, which is Latin for new, N-E-O, procession as in wedding, P-R-O-C-E-S-S-I-O-N.com. And our number, we tried to make it as simple as we could, so we found uh, 844 44 Neo Pro. And uh, yes, I know it's one digit longer. The O on the end uh, defaults and doesn't doesn't do anything. So if you dial that number, it will call us. Uh, we've got offices right now in Atlanta and Birmingham, and uh, so they could you know push the one for Atlanta if they're hearing it here, or two in Alabama if they hear it there. So the extra number will not send them to Nigeria it will, no, it or nothing. okay. All right, that's good. Everybody wants to know that. Um, Absolutely. So, great. All right, you guys. So, for those who were were wrapping their minds around the idea of a 10-to-1 ratio, a 3-to-1 ratio, and what does that really mean, and why is AARP erroneously saying that the elderly will have a tax that makes them pay five times more? Absolutely. Let's let's just tell them one more time what that really means. Absolutely. Um, and and first off, calling it a tax is absolutely absurd. It's mm-hmm. premium. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if they're going to call premium tax, then we have a much bigger issue. To call. If they're going to call premium tax, then I would love to be able to tax deduct my premium. Exactly. For, exactly. Because you know, I'm paying Very a good lot. Because uh, there's a lot of things that businesses can deduct that individuals and, uh, and families cannot. Yeah. Um, but, no, bottom line is is that uh, prior to Obamacare, there was a 1 to 5 ratio uh, across the country at minimum, and it went up to about 1 to 11 in certain states. In Georgia, it was about 1 to 7 and a half. Mm-hmm. And and uh, ultimately, it meant a 17-year-old male who was totally healthy and had no medical issues would pay, for example, $100 for a certain plan. And a same, the same person, 117, you know, would pay no more than, you know, say, seven and a half times that. They'd pay $750 in Georgia. And it's so and easy to relate everything to car insurance. I mean, you think about it. Somebody absolutely. who's driving a, a Rolls-Royce, I don't know anybody who actually drives one, but someone who's driving a a Rolls-Royce or a Lotus Esprit or any other you know very expensive car and then you have someone that's driving in a Honda Accord or a Honda Civic if the idea was there's only going to be three rating tiers between these all these many many types of different luxury cars and affordable cars the 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 folks that drive the luxury cars would probably still be able to afford it let's call them the old people and the people who drive the Honda Civic that are having to pay so much more because they're making up the 
difference for the fancy people, uh, they would probably have to drop their coverage. Except in the state of Georgia, you're not allowed to drop your auto insurance, which I I guess we can't tell people they have to have health insurance, but it sure would be good for business. <laughs> it would be good for business. But, um, so. but the uh, the ratio in Georgia was about one to seven and a half. What, what's trying to go on in the law, one, one more time, is that the... Um, they were trying to go to a one five one to five ratio, which was the best you could get in in the country before. I believe it was California and Oregon were probably the only two that had like a one to five, from what I recall. Okay, and uh, and most people thought, well, that just means if it's, this person's paying seven hundred fifty, now they're going to pay eleven $1, hundred mm-hmm. compared to a hundred or something, you know. And and that's just not true. What happened when the law passed uh, several years ago under Obamacare is that. Um, they could not lower the rate of those higher. So even when it went from one to seven and a half in Georgia, and it was mandated to be one to three, mm-hmm. uh, the government thought everybody who was old, older than age forty or fifty was going to get a massive reduction to their premiums. But the insurance companies could not afford to do that. Right? They were costing too much money, so oh, right. they kept them just below. They lowered their cost just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, in many cases, I won't say forties. Probably the fifties uh, and up mm-hmm. probably got a little bit of a reduction. Everyone under that, uh, the price went way up because all of a sudden you had a, a $750 rate that went to 700 on someone who's a senior. Mm-hmm. And on the you know 17-year-old, it went from 100 to literally $275, $300 a month. Well, I can tell you, if we were on the, the pre-Obamacare plan, just the open market system where competition was encouraged between insurance companies, the cost for my monthly premium on a pre-Obamacare plan would probably be... $275 or $300. I know this because I've sold the stuff forever. But now I'm on a plan with a $5,000 deductible yeah. and I pay $500 a month. So I pay $6,000 a year mm-hmm. for something that does not pay anything for me until I have spent $5,000 with the exception of preventive care. But I'm healthy as a horse, so who cares about preventive care? So if I ever get sick... For the year, I am out $11,000 before dollar $1 goes to cover my providers. Well, and the frustrating thing about that is, you know, some of the plans, the plan that you're on, for example, right now, mm-hmm. um, several years ago uh, for someone like yourself, mm-hmm. we might not even have sold that plan. I mean, yeah. there are several plans that have 50% reimbursement. Mm-hmm. 40 percent 60 percent you know where whereas before as agents ethical agents right people would say well i'd like to buy this plan and we tell them it's just too little coverage for the amount that you can you can pay a little bit more and get a 80 percent or a hundred mm-hmm. percent you know plan right um whereas now we are literally forced to offer bronze plans that cover so little and cost so much more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, at least in the past, if we had offered a plan like that, you would have been able to sell it for pennies. Mm-hmm. Um, but now because of these things that have allowed the seniors to, and I say allowed very loosely, I don't mean that in a negative way at all, mm-hmm. but uh, allowed the seniors to stay on at, at relatively the same costs when this started. They've sp- skyrocketed since then Mm -hmm. because we lost so many of the young healthy people who were offsetting their their premiums Mm -hmm. so by going to a one to five ratio which is what we're trying to do now it would say that the youngest healthiest 
you know, could be a one to five. So if the seniors at now at a thousand, that you know, that young healthy could pay two hundred uh, and get them back in a range that their parents might be willing to to buy it for them, or they might be willing to pay themselves, uh, and to get it affordable, so we can bring in the young healthy premiums. Right. That's what's driven the costs up more than anything is right. not having young healthy premiums to offset. The same as you mentioned in uh, auto insurance. Right. If you um you know everybody who was a good driver stopped having to buy insurance Mm -hmm. and only the people who were not good drivers got you know had to buy insurance the cost is going to skyrocket and it's going to get higher and higher every year as those people are having more wrecks and getting more tickets not only that but in this car insurance example the good drivers will stop getting coverage the bad drivers may or may not have coverage and let's talk about pre-existing conditions in terms of a car wreck you could wreck your car and then go buy insurance who that just doesn't make any sense at all um we've got so many things to talk about but one one thing that's coming to mind for me is another thing that that the press is saying is that these new bills are going to help the rich and punish the poor i'm I'm really struggling with that okay I, i don't understand in any way form or fashion how that would help i'm not saying that people who who make a certain amount of money might have had a tax capped mm-hmm. or had a tax reduced a little bit but everything in there it keeps pre-existing conditions covered it allows mm-hmm. students to stay on up to age 26 it does things to bring in more young healthy premium to stabilize the market and possibly lower costs i'm not going to say it's lowering costs mm-hmm. but it will definitely slow the increase mm-hmm. uh in costs and then you know you see from all that uh you know that it could massively help individuals families and businesses Mm -hmm. uh and yet they're saying that this is really going to benefit the rich and and harm the poor and i don't i don't know that that's a true statement and Mm -hmm. i really can't even argue where that came from Uh, yeah where did it come from well one thought that occurred to me as you were saying that is congress Congress is not on the Affordable Care Act. Oh, no. And I think that they... The staff is. Ooh. mm, (laughs) See, they need to put these people Mm -hmm. on it so that they can experience it. They are not... They don't understand... First of all, many people in Congress don't come from health insurance backgrounds. Now, Dr. Tom Price, Mm -hmm. Health and Human Services, he is a doctor, so he understands that side of it. However, he is not your typical consumer, and they need folks in Congress that are experiencing the consumer side of it. You have people up in Congress, I'm not sure what their income is, but if you said to them, oh, you've got to pay $1,300 a month in insurance to cover your family, they would say, oh, ouch, that hurts, but they would be able to write that check every Mm -hmm. month. When you say to a family of four living on an average income that they're going to have to pay $1,300 a month. It's more than their mortgage. It's more than their mortgage. So, Congress, if you're talking about bills that help the rich and punish the poor, let's let's put Congress on what we are all on so that they well, can... Well, and ex- their plan is so rich. The mm-hmm. last time I looked at it, and I do not know if it's changed because I haven't looked at it in two or three years, mm-hmm. but it was 
absurd. It mm-hmm. was a, a, between some some had a one hundred and some had a, like a two fifty, depending on whether they were state or federal. Wow, deductible. Deductible. Um, most of them had eighty to one hundred percent. If the coinsurance was there, it was minimal. I mean, mm-hmm. you were looking at if you had a catastrophe happen to one of your family members, it was going to be less than a thousand dollars out of your pocket. And I'm sitting there going, "Oh my goodness, you are so out of touch." Right. There was no customer I had at that point in time mm-hmm. who had less than a thousand dollar deductible. Right. And many were moving to a two thousand, four thousand, five thousand. I mean, exactly. And and to sit here and for them to say, you know, oh, it's not so bad mm-hmm. when they're sitting paying relatively little for a whole family on a $250 deductible plan that the insurance companies in our state quit selling because no one could afford it. Mm-hmm. It's not even on the list anymore mm-hmm. to be able to buy. Um, so it, it's been very frustrating to see that that sort of thing. Uh, I was very happy when the staff went on mm-hmm. because the staff, they're getting an earful from their staff. Okay. I can tell you that because okay. I've sat in on those meetings and had them turn to the staff and go, well, it's not so bad. And the staff go, oh, it's, it's bad. Well, I mean, I would just love it. I mean, let's take John McCain and the blood clot that he just had removed, which is so funny. In the beginning, they were saying, you know, John McCain has a blood clot above his left eye that needs to be removed. And I'm thinking, above the left eye, isn't that the brain? Lo and behold, (laughs) seriously, lo and behold, the next day, they're like, oh, well, it's a little more severe than we thought. The blood clot is in the brain. I'm like... I could have told you that. As a matter of fact, I did. And um, and then they're talking about how how big it was. Five centimeters, not millimeters. Wow. Millimeters are the skinny ones. Five centimeters is nearly, it's just under two inches. So a two-inch long blood clot, that's, uh, that's some pretty serious stuff. But all that to say, if John McCain were on a $5,000 deductible HSA, mm-hmm. he would have understood that well, first of all, he would have been paying it out for every office visit. So he would have felt that drip, drip, drip of, you know, I've got to pay for this office visit. I've got to pay for these lab tests. I've got to pay for these results. But and, right now we've got to pay for, VA. right now we've got to pay for our, our radio show by having some words brought to you by one of our sponsors. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 
And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen of all ages, shapes, and sizes. Human resources, people, and business owners, you are our favorites. This is Ellen Deal, and you are listening to this episode of The Insurance Deal, where we get to come to you and talk about all things insurance, which is fun. I know I've been having fun. I can tell by my guest, Shan Ricketts, because he's been (laughs) smiling and we've been laughing. I think he's having fun as well. But before we left, we were talking about what would happen if John McCain had a $5,000 deductible HSA. And what would happen is, as he was going to his doctor office visits, he would go to the doctor's office and he would have to pay for his bill. Mm -hmm. And then he would have lab tests and he would have to pay for it. And then he would have some scans done and, oh, who would pay for it? John McCain would have to pay for it, except for he's on a mega souped up plan that congress is on point being john mccain you should have had to pay the first five thousand dollars of everything this year out of your own pocket so you can feel what we feel but um when we were on the break shan said that he wanted to talk about something that's uh, near and dear to a lot of people's hearts and we've been using a lot of car analogies and apparently the government does too because they're calling (laughs) something a cadillac tax and it punishes companies for shan tell us what for you know for offering better benefits and i i was really confused when i saw this one come out in the uh in the aca better than what well bet just better in other words what they do is uh if a company pays um a certain amount uh you know it may be ten thousand dollars or you know a, a family or a certain percentage of their income uh if the cadillac tax pays I mean, if the company pays more than a certain amount in an, on an annual basis on an employee, mm-hmm. everything above that threshold, they pay a 40% tax on. So, in other words, if they decide they want to give $12,000 in benefits and have a, as low a deductible as they can possibly get for their employees, right? and you know they're paying 12000 and the cap, let's just say, was ten, uh-huh. then they would have to pay 12000 plus 40% of 2000 which would be another $800 per person to you know to the government so that they could uh, put that into funds to help you know um lower the cost of insurance which has not occurred so far so so isn't that kind of more like presenting new bills that would help the rich but punish the poor but it's not exactly helping the rich it's punishing the rich and punishing the poor, it's punishing everybody. So well, and it really is because one of the things, one of the presumptions that was made uh, when we when we went to Washington and talked to them about this, one of the presumptions was we're going to force those employers to not give better benefits, but to give that difference in money to the employee. Um, here's the challenge with that. Okay, let's just say, Ellen. I'm your employer, mm-hmm. and I have you on a plan. Mm-hmm. And I would like to give you a $750 deductible instead of a 2000 Thank you. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so I decide I'm going to I'm going to increase how much I'm going to pay towards your benefits, mm-hmm. and I'm going to, you know, because I want to attract and retain very right. good employees. Yes. Uh, and I want to have a better plan than my competitor so that you'll leave them and come work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, – 
in the past, that's always been rewarded, both by getting those employees and keeping them, right. uh, as well as you know having a deduction, having various other things. Uh, under the Cadillac tax, basically, it it doesn't want that to occur. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't want them to give richer benefits. It wants them to use that money to pay the employees. The challenge with that is is um, if you. Even if I wanted to take from go from you know hey I'm spending ten thousand dollars a year and you and I'm going to go to twelve right and I'm willing to do that mm-hmm. but now they're going to say hey you're going to have to pay an eight hundred dollar tax on that two thousand dollars <sighs> so now it's twelve eight right and so what I do as a business owner not mm-hmm. to be mean mm-hmm. not because I don't want because I know everybody's going to have to do this if they pay more right I'm going to just say you know what Ellen you're going to have to go to a two thousand dollar deductible I'm going to have to keep you at ten yeah. Okay, uh, the government assumed as they made this rule that well, that employer is just going to take that two thousand dollars and it's just going to give it to the employee. Uh, let's assume that were true. Okay. Okay, I've just taken you mm-hmm. from let's just say a seven hundred fifty dollar deductible to a two thousand. Right. You have twelve hundred and fifty dollar bigger expense. Right. I give you two thousand dollars. Yes. You pay a thirty three percent tax. Right. <laughs> right, so I'm not getting two thousand dollars. I'm you're, getting you're barely breaking six hundred even at best. At best, if I gave you the entire two thousand mm-hmm. dollars, which I don't know many business owners, but if they wanted to spend that money on you and mm-hmm. they could, they're probably not going to give you that entire amount. They're probably going to try to find some other benefit to give you i.e. worksite and voluntary benefits, that every dollar could go toward it instead of making the employee pay a third in tax. Right. Uh, And ultimately what's going to happen is the employee, in particular the lower and the middle class, Mm -hmm. are going to have less, are going to be harmed rather than helped by the Cadillac tax Mm -hmm. because even the tax money isn't going into the insurance fund. It's going to the government for them to use as as they wish. Now, is that part of of what is going to get repealed? Well, here's the challenge. Mm -hmm. There were, when Trump came into office, Mm -hmm. uh, they had three major goals that they wanted to accomplish as quickly as they could. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they wanted to do them in different ways. One was through um, legislation. Mm -hmm. They wanted to try to repeal and replace. Mm -hmm. One was through uh, the president, you know, making some executive orders and doing some various things that he could change automatically. Things like putting Tom Price in Health and Human Services. putting, uh, And then the third was using those things to reduce the budget and reduce taxes. Mm -hmm. Okay, The challenge is, because repeal and replace has not been able to pass as of yet, Mm -hmm. and we have not been able to get something that's satisfactory to enough of the Republicans and conservatives, Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's caused harm in holding back things like the potential for the Cadillac tax and protecting the employer mandate, which we have to protect, by the way. I'm just going to throw in a, a quick word on that. The employer mandate, which in, for those of you on the radio who don't know what the employer mandate is, is basically the ability for your employer or if you're a business owner for you to be able to write off premiums and the encouragement to pay up to 50% of the employee uh, portion of the of the insurance. Mm-hmm. 
more than half the people, really more than 60% of the people in this country, still have their insurance through their employer. Right. And they're getting half of their personal insurance, now maybe not the family, okay. but their personal insurance paid for by that employer. Okay. So if we take away that write-off and we take away the employer mandate mm-hmm. and the employers start dropping those plans, the cost for those employees is instantly going to double at minimum. Gosh. Okay. So we've got to protect that. But bottom right. line is with all of this, you know, if we can if we can eliminate the Cadillac tax as it's going in, mm-hmm. which will help defend and protect the poor and the middle class. Mm-hmm. Um as well as the business owner, you know, mm-hmm. who's going to have to pay an unnecessary tax for being generous and doing the right thing. Right. Um, and if we can keep the employer mandate, mm-hmm. um, if we want to do something on individual to help them, that's fine. But if we can keep the employer mandate, those two things are critical okay. to helping protect all of it. So, all right. So that being said, we're, we're closing into the end of our show, and it has been very interesting. I don't do a whole lot of self-promotion, but uh, one thing that I focus on in, in my personal insurance practice is supplemental benefits. Mm-hmm. So what you were saying about that deductible goes up and how does the employer give that back to the employee? Employers, HR people, that's what I can help you with is is helping to round out a better plan for your employees so that you can attract and retain employees instead of paying tax dollars to our fabulous government. Um, that being said, Shan, what what do you want our listeners to know about you know how you can help them? What are the best things you can bring to the listening audience? Uh, several things, and you know how that is. But we, our company really does specialize in trying to look at the business independently, each mm-hmm. business separately, and figure out what their pain points are. Right. Uh, we do come in more as a consultant mm-hmm. rather than just coming in saying, hey, let me get you quotes on sure. insurance. Every insurance agent that comes into your practice is can quote the same things, and if they're ethical and honest and they use the same data, they're going to get exactly the same rates from all the carriers. Yes. What you are building a relationship with is an an agent, Mm -hmm. a a partner who's going to work with you and help you oversee all those things. One of the biggest gaps we see right now that we're trying to help fill with all of our our customers Mm -hmm. is that a lot of customers are concerned about offering too many benefits or too many lines of coverage or, you know, whatever, and they don't realize that their employees have gone from a $1,000 deductible to a $3,000, a $4,000, a $5,000 deductible, Mm -hmm. and they need those voluntary benefits, those supplemental benefits, to help pay those uh, those expenses. Uh, and so at no cost to those employers, uh, you need to be talking to your agent about coming in and bringing those benefits uh, because your employees need them, mm-hmm. even if you think it's going to be a hassle. We can make sure we can come in and do that for you so that we can minimize whatever the constraints will be on that. Right, right. Oh, for you listeners out there, I can't read a clock. So... <laughs> Um, we are doing great on time. Um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that Shan had a chance to tell everyone what he can do for them. The idea of the insurance deal is to take complicated insurance topics like healthcare, which shouldn't be that complicated, and break it down for you, the listener, for you, the consumer. So we always want to be able to 
to take a complicated issue and break it down into smaller bites, something understandable for you. Um, we're down to about our last minute here. And, um, Shan, just give them your uh, your contact info one more time. You can email me at idealsolutions at gmail.com. Shan, tell the listeners one more time how to get in touch with you. It's uh, www.neoprocession.com or 844-44-NEOPRO, N-E-O-P-R-O. Yep. Um, definitely, as as consumers and Americans, we need to pay attention to our surroundings. We need to pay attention to what's being offered to us. And certainly pay attention to vocabulary and words. That does sound so, so simple. But when you're talking about, I'll just go back to words like mandate and tax. When you're talking about the Affordable Care Act, it's called a mandate, but really it is a tax, a penalty that you would have to pay at the end of the year if you did not have health insurance. Yet when it's flipped on the other side and you have the political pundits trying to frighten the mm-hmm. consumer, then they call it, instead of calling it a mandate, they call it a tax. And it's really not even a mandate. It's just an increase in premium and not even that much of an increase in premium. It's just and possibly a reduction depending on... There you have it. Mm-hmm. Just spreading it out over the the people that are out there paying for it. Um, Shan, any last um, last thoughts that you want to share with our folks? Not today. Really appreciate you bringing me on the show and just talking. It has been great having you on the insurance deal, folks. We are uh, we're just so happy to have you tune in. It's America's Web Radio. I am Ellen Deal. This is the insurance deal. Please just share this with your friends and. Um, Go out and download this show and all of our other wonderful shows. And uh, y'all have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Do you have problems with sinus pain and pressure? Do other people smell things that you don't? Have you lost the joy in eating because food just doesn't taste like it used to? Is your nose always stuffy no matter what you do? Maybe you have sinus or nasal polyps. These are generally benign growths that occur from chronic sinus infection or allergies that are either undertreated or have not been treated at all. At Peachtree ENT Center, we specialize in minimally invasive balloon dilation sinus surgery and correction of a deviated nasal septum and turbinate reduction surgery that can be done in the office. We use a state-of-the-art equipment so that you can see the problem. You will be a partner in your care, and together we will decide the course of treatment. We believe in old-fashioned medicine, where we take the time to fix the problem, not just medicate the symptoms. You can rest assured that all options will be offered before surgery is recommended because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Yo. On the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.